Elon hands out the pink slips. Yay! More unbelievable stories of missing kids. And AOC is a moron. The understatement of the year. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Thursday. It is a Thursday just begun for all of us across the amazing U.S. of A. A republic, if you can keep it, as Mr. Franklin said. We got all that and more coming up tonight, today on the show. And uh, yeah, it's going to be jam-packed. We got a ton of stuff to talk about and to cover. And our show, of course, brought to you by the good folks at Blackout Coffee. We want to uh, just take a second here and remind you about Blackout Coffee. They were founded on the principles of conservative values. The Owners of this company believe in family values, hard work, honesty, personal responsibility, respect, all that that defines the American way of life, and they are 1,000% behind it. And in addition to that, they make the best coffee you've ever tasted. Absolutely best fresh roasted coffee. They deliver the beans right to your door 24 to 48 hours after you order. They roast them, then another few days for shipping, and you got it. It doesn't get much fresher than that. Throw out that junk, crap, brown water, garbage coffee you've been drinking. Check out Blackout Coffee. They support our troops, and you can, in fact, donate a coffee to the troops when you're there at the site putting in your order. There is an easy link. It's right there in our show notes that will get you to Blackout Coffee. Yes, there's a Dan Bongino blend there, too. Uh, they don't have the Jay Sheldon blend yet, but we're working on it. <laughs> so anyway, just go over, check it out, order one bag. That's all you need to do just to test it, try it out, see if you like it. You will. If you're not a coffee drinker, they've got an amazing assortment of hot cocos and tea blends over there, which are equally amazing. But I'm telling you, this coffee is absolutely incredible. Got a mug full of it here. I brew a fresh, fresh pot before every show. Mm. And it keeps me going. Folks, this company is amazing. They are all about America and all about making good coffee. Use the link in our show notes. And when you do check out after you place your order, you use our promo code J20, J-A-Y-20. That'll get you 20% off your first order at Blackout Coffee. Thank you, Blackout Coffee, for being part of the show. We really, really do appreciate that. All right. Let's see. Where are we headed today? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Elon, you know, the more I read about this guy, the more I love him. Elon has fired the election integrity team. <laughs> Elon Musk fires the ex-election integrity team for undermining election integrity. Huh. <laughs> Unbelievable. He announced yesterday he's cut the electoral integrity team at X in half, including the newly brought on board head of the group, Aaron Rodericks. Yes. When the news was reported, uh, Musk supposedly replied, oh, you mean the election integrity team uh, that was undermining election integrity? Yeah, they're gone. I <laughs> love it. person familiar with the circumstances said four people have been released, constitutes the whole of the election integrity unit in Dublin. In August, a blog post, X said they were uh, that there were positions available on the threat disruption team. And the company was currently expanding their safety and election teams to focus on combating manipulation, surfacing inauthentic accounts, and closely monitoring the platform for emerging threats. Platform posted that you may not use X's services for the purpose of manipulating or interfering in elections or other civic processes, such as posting or sharing content that may suppress participation, mislead people about when, where, and how to participate in the civil process, like, say, voting. 
The Post clarified what that meant, further noted, not all false or untrue information about politics or civil processes constitutes manipulation or interference. In the absence of other policy violations, the following are generally not in violation. And then they go on to list all the different things. But um, yeah, trust in the platform, uh, ability to police itself, took a rather severe downturn after the Twitter files were published. Well, that's it. They're done. They're finished. The supposed election integrity team. Here's your pink slip. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Goodbye. <laughs> Love it. That full article from uh, the Post Millennial is in our show notes. I encourage you to read it. Check it out. Find out all the details. But uh, basically, you know what you got to know, and that's he fired him. Goodbye. We have a big problem in this country with missing children. A big problem. People do not understand exactly how big of a problem missing children are. And it is a huge, huge problem. And it just gets worse. And in Ohio, the numbers are staggering. More than 1,000 kids have been reported in Ohio this year alone. This is September, granted the end of September, but still in an extraordinary surge. This is frightening. Children are disappearing from northern Ohio in record numbers. More than a thousand minors reported missing so far this year. That is a staggering number. More than 45 children have gone missing in the Cleveland-Akron area this month alone. Just this month, 45 kids whew, gone. And in August, more than 35 missing, according to an Ohio Attorney General's missing child website. Now, the disappearances creating a disturbing trend in northern Ohio, which began in May, nearly 30 children went missing in just the first two weeks. What the hell is going on in Ohio? Now, don't get me wrong. Missing kids turning up all over the country. And a lot of it is for not very nice purposes. Child sexual exploitation, other things, You've heard the stories. It's freaking frightening. Officials at the time said it was an extraordinary surge. And uh, Gen uh, Attorney General for Ohio, Dave Yost, repeated just this past Monday that the number of missing children is alarming. Although he claimed the figure may be inflated because of inconsistencies in updating reports which the Cleveland police have admitted to in the past. Of course, we're worried about that, he told Channel 5 News. Now, what we know is when we look behind the numbers, some of those represented repeated runaways, and local police have talked about that. He added the data for runaway cases, abductions, sex trafficking, is not always entered correctly, as the state deals with a police staffing shortage. Here we go. All of these things have localized reporting problems that, again, are a function of local conditions. Just look at this, a few of the kids. Ileana Graham, 17, vanished from North Canton, September 23rd, just a few days ago. Chloe Hadley, disappeared earlier this month. Honesty Howell, what a great name, 16 years old, one of more than 46 juveniles who have disappeared in September. We do our best to encourage compliance and improve assistance to remove barriers, but at the end of the day, we have to rely on our local partners that we don't control. The president of Cleveland's Missing 
missing and the police chief of Newburgh Heights previously sounded the alarm on this huge surge in missing children. There's more. Look at that. For some reason, he says in 2023, we've seen a lot more than we normally see, which is troubling in part because we don't know what's going on with some of these kids, whether they're being trafficked or involved in gang activity or drugs, adding that he has not ever seen such high numbers in his 33-year career. It's a serious, serious problem, and it isn't getting better. And that's just northern Ohio. So you can imagine. some uh, What, a congressional committee? Something? Something needs to be done. We need to find out what's going on, and it's getting worse. Don't screw with our kids. Had to do with grooming. Had to do with the transgender community and the drag queen story hour crap. I don't care what you do. I don't care how you want to dress. I don't care who you sleep with. I don't care. Leave the kids alone. It's been an ongoing theme on this show forever. Leave the kids alone. Right, Fauci made the news. This is from Blaze Media. He's been accused of covertly going. Listen to this. Have you heard this story? Fauci accused of covertly going to CIA headquarters to influence the COVID-19 origin probe. This little guy escorted into CIA headquarters without a record of entry, no log file that he was there, in order to influence the agency's COVID-19 origins investigation, according to allegations that have been brought to light Tuesday by the Congress Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic. Yes, there is one. You didn't know that, did you? In addition to letting China off the hook for the death of millions of Americans, the zoonotic origins theory, which basically means came from animals, bats, whatever, preferred by Fauci, would indicate that the funding provided to the Wuhan coronavirus lab by the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases under Fauci's watch was not ultimately an investment in global devastation. The accusation raised Tuesday, just a couple of days ago, by the subcommittee chairman, Representative Wenstrup from Ohio, comes just weeks after a CIA whistleblower accused the agency of bribing Remember, we covered this, bribing six analysts on the COVID discovery team to reject the theory that the virus came from the Wuhan lab. We did this story. The CIA bribed these analysts to change their reports. And now we learn that this little weasel snuck into the CIA and tried to influence their investigation. Why is this murdering son of a bitch not in prison? Why? He ought to be. He is directly responsible for how many deaths because of his ego and stupidity. Ego mainly. Unbelievable. Hey, Fetterman, the slob, are you ready? He gets his comeuppance. The Senate, <laughs> they don't do much right, but they sure did today. The Senate is forcing Fetterman to wear his big boy pants. They, 
They have passed a formal dress code. Now, what I don't get is they had a formal dress code. They just decided to not enforce it for the sake of this slob. Well, not anymore. Apparently, our seemingly long national nightmare is over. Fetterman will no longer be able to dress like the homeless crackhead he is at work. Schumer made a unilateral decision to relax the unwritten dress code. Oh, okay, it was an unwritten dress code. To accommodate Pennsylvania's slob senator and his colleagues decided to get it in writing. The U.S. Senate passed a resolution formalizing business attire as the proper dress code for the floor of the chamber by unanimous consent. The bipartisan bill, Democrat Joe Manchin of West Virginia, Utah Republican Mitt Romney, requires that members abide by a real dress code rather than an unwritten custom when on the Senate floor, and that includes a coat, a tie, and slacks for men. So, veteran, ha-ha. I love that story. <laughs> I knew, I knew, I knew something like that was going to happen. Women must, you know, because, I mean, there's pantsuits, there's formal dresses, there's skirt blouse and jacket. So, I mean, at least women have a lot of other options. With men, it's just what color is your suit going to be and your tie. <laughs> oh, speaking of women in the government, grab the popcorn. AOC is having another meltdown. Why? Well, it's another Elon story. Elon basically said that AOC just isn't that smart. <laughs> This is from Red State. It's well written. That's why I picked this one to stick in our show notes so you can read it. AOC has a meltdown when Elon says she's just not that smart. Hello, horse face. There you are, you moron. If you've been following along, there's a funny running drama between ex-owner Elon Musk and AOC. For some time now, actually. But when Musk weighed in on a rather wacky interpretation from AOC, I don't know if you saw it, I think I've got it here, uh, about Ellis Island, it was on like Donkey Kong. Listen to this stupidity. Numbers of when it comes to people coming to New York City today are nothing. I'm telling you, nothing compared to the daily amounts of people that we saw coming in from through Ellis Island in the first half of this century. You're seeing, you know, more than 12 million immigrants that passed through Ellis Island between 1892 and 1954. And we had seen just huge numbers of people coming in per day that, had, that far eclipsed, um, far eclipsed what we're seeing right now. Yeah, okay. So, so how, how wild, wild is that? that? Now, does she not understand the difference between the chaos of people flooding across the border versus what was then legal immigration through a checkpoint, Ellis Island? Far more checking and inspection, it seems, than uh, what goes on now. Now, virtually nothing. Just, yeah, come on in, whatever, go wherever you want. We'll bust you there. We'll give you some money. People being given physical exams for diseases at Ellis Island, being checked to see if they were mentally impaired. One of the things about that was making sure the person would not become a ward of the state, unlike what we see now. They come across the border and the minute they hit the ground running, they're a ward of the state. Apparently, AOC just isn't really big on the history. And Elon Musk, who's been blasting Biden's handling of the border crisis. In fact, I didn't see any updates, but he was supposed to be heading down to the border. Um, he had a few things to say, uh, including here, you'll see this uh, tweet from X. She's just not that smart. <laughs> oh, man. 
Uh, to which she replied, I love this. I wasn't born rich and became the youngest woman in American history to be elected to Congress. Then I investigated Cohen, author of the largest FEMA funeral assistance program in history, and led creation of a U.S. Climate Corps to treat, uh, create tens of thousands of new jobs. Stay mad. That's when he replied, she's just not that smart. Let me give you a small example of exactly how smart this woman is. I am told this is a garbage disposal. I've never seen a garbage disposal. I never had one in any place I've ever lived. It is terrifying. I don't know what to use it for or what its purpose is. Like food scraps? Like is this environmentally sound? I don't know. It's a garbage disposal, you freaking moron. Just keep electing these fools. Just keep voting for them. She'll get reelected for sure. Oh, 100%. 100% she will get reelected. Get what you play for. F-A-F-O, my friends. F-A-F-O. West Point. You familiar with West Point? Racism, apparently, at West Point, is more important than military readiness. Mm, not kidding. Article from the Daily Signal. Check it out. Links in our show notes. Students for fair admissions. The same group that recently won a lawsuit against Harvard and the University of North Carolina challenging their illegal racially discriminatory admissions policies has filed a similar suit against the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. The admissions policy at West Point one of our premier military academies, is even more blatantly racist than Harvard and UNC, both of which tried to obscure what they were doing to some extent. The dishonorable racist policy described in the lawsuits by Students for Fair Admissions should not only anger the public and every military vet it also presents a clear and present danger to the military's effectiveness, readiness, and thus our national security. They filed the suit in, of course, the Southern District of New York, say that their racial quota system violates the Fifth Amendment, equal protection principle that binds the federal government and is not less strict than the Equal Protection Clause that binds the states. Most of its history, West Point evaluated cadets based on merit and achievements. I don't see any listing here that says it has to do with the melanin content of their skin. It's based on merit and achievements. Good reason for that. Besides the fact such an evaluation is required under our Constitution and various statutes that prohibit discrimination. But it's a race card they want to play, so they're going to play it. Yep. Typical. Typical. All right. Lunchbox Joe. Mm, not so much. Did you see this moron? He heard, of course, that Trump was going to go visit the striking auto workers. So, of course, he had to jump on the uh, bandwagon. Biden actually was marching with the automakers. What's wrong with this picture? Well, basically, the problems the automakers have are caused by that moron. Showing solidarity with striking United Auto Workers by joining them Tuesday in the picket line near Detroit, one day before President Trump delivered remarks to the audience of current former union members, 
The UAW is looking for a 35% hike in pay. Wow. And benefits over four years. According to news reports, Biden told workers, you should be doing incredibly well. But Biden himself, single-handedly through the power of his executive branch, caused them to face loss of jobs, higher inflation, and then he has the balls to go show up and march with them. Why didn't they just say, look, Joe, nice to see you, but get the hell out. You're the cause of all of our problems. I mean, even when he was campaigning, the way Joe talked to union reps and union people, take a look. You may remember this video, but I've dug it up and going to replay for it now, replay it for you now. This is Joe interacting with a union member. Take a listen. Hey, what do you think about this? About how you intend on getting the union vote when there's a large portion of the union workers that are gun enthusiasts and you are actively trying to diminish your Second Amendment right and take away our guns. You're for All right, thank you. Now, shush. You're not allowed to own any weapon. I'm not taking your gun away at all. You need 100 rounds. So when you were in Beto, no. when you said you were going to take our guns, I did not lost. say that. That's yes. not true. I Thank did you. not say that. It's a viral video. Okay, this is not okay. Hold on, hold on. All right. Hey, let's you went out to me. There's a lot of guys. Hey, you're, a lot you're of guys wanted me, this. Hey, I'm not hey, worried. Hey, 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 hold on. Give me a break. You're I'm not working for you. Yeah. That's pretty obvious. Oh, man, the Daily Wire's got a story here, which when I saw it, I had to look twice. A federal prosecutor apparently has a little temper problem, and it bit him in the ass. Stabbing suspect in a road, road rage incident has been identified as an ex-federal prosecutor. Tampa man identified as a former federal prosecutor is a suspect in a Florida road rage stabbing incident that took place Tuesday morning. They've arrested Patrick Douglas Scruggs, 38, charges of an aggravated battery, aggravated assault, and armed burglary, according to the Tampa Bay Times. Records show he was released from jail after posting a $65,000 bail. Uh, Scruggs' LinkedIn page shows he worked in the U.S. Attorney's Office in Tampa from 2013 to 2023, just left this year, apparently, and is now with a private law firm in Atlanta. He has experience working in January 6th cases, by the way and others over the years. Florida Highway Patrol put out a press release said what had led up to the alleged stabbing on the Howard Franklin Bridge involved people in multiple vehicles. 40-year-old driver and his 43-year-old wife pulled over to help a 35-year-old man from Tampa who was slumped over the sedan while stopped in the travel lanes, according to authorities. At some point, the man woke up accelerated forward, crashed the sedan into the couple's car. He then backed his sedan out and crashed into a passing vehicle driven by former federal prosecutor Scruggs. Scruggs pulled over, walked over to this guy's vehicle and stabbed him with a pocket knife. Very nice. That's your federal prosecutors for you. You want to know more details? Just take a look in our show notes. You can see the uh, whole article right there. You know, earlier in the show, we did the story about 1,000 missing kids or more in northern Ohio and how frightening that number is. Well, things are not going very well for kids in Texas either. This, this is a judge. This is a judge. Take a look at this. A judge has ruled that the Texas law, which protects minors from sexually oriented performances, 
you know, drag queens shaking their booty and kids' faces, things like that. Well, a Texas uh, judge has ruled that the law which protects kids from that violates the First Amendment. Unbelievable. He has blocked the implementation of this law which bans sexually oriented performances in front of minors. What the hell is he thinking? Are you kidding me with this crap? Southern District of Texas Judge David Hitner said the law violates the First Amendment and chilled free speech in the state. Blocks a law signed by Governor Abbott in June being called the drag ban, but it applies to any kind of sexual performance done in front of a minor. Why is this complicated? If you are performing sexually in front of a minor, there are laws about that. This new law bans it. And this idiot, probably Soros-backed liberal commie judge, says it's a violation of the First Amendment. So full of crap. So full of crap. I cannot believe we're living in this clown world we live in today. Unbelievable. I don't even know what to tell you to how to fight back. I have no idea. Yeah, see my shirt tonight? Sanity? Insanity. All right, time to lighten the mood because this just pisses me off. Harry Potter and the Invisibility Cloak. You know, you've seen it. You've seen the film. You put the cloak around you and suddenly you're invisible. Do you know there actually is an invisibility shield? It ain't 100%, but it's pretty damn cool. Take a look at this video. This is amazing. You see the truck? This is the guy. And you see that little grayed area right there? Hang on. I don't have my mouse. Where is it? Oh, okay. All right. This little gray area right here. That's the invisibility shield. Watch what happens. Take a look at this. Boom. Gone. Huh? Look at that. This is insane. Where is he? Oh, there he is. This is insane. There you go. See right there? Look at that. Unbelievable. There he goes. Wow. How cool is that? This is insane. Look at that. Now watch when he goes down. Once it levels out. There we go. Huh? Invisible. I think our military needs this. Or could we make suits out of this? Or a cloak? <laughs> it, it works through light refraction, a refraction of some kind. I don't know all the science gobbledygook crap, but that's insane. That is so cool. That is so cool. All right. Had to show that to you tonight. Let's get on with our book, shall we? Now, we read books on this show. Been doing it from the very beginning. We read children's classic literature. We've done The Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, uh, all kinds of great books we've read. And then one of our viewers suggested we do 1984 from George Orwell, which is not a children's book. But man, what a great book. It was in the public domain. So we read it a little bit at a time all the way through. And then we just finished Animal Farm. And now we are in the first chapter, almost done with chapter one, of Lord of the Flies. Oh, 
What a brilliant book. We're just getting started, too. So let's continue on now. We'll read a little bit more and see how far we get tonight. As you know, they were out exploring to make sure they really were on an island, and they found a piglet caught in a curtain of creepers, throwing itself at all the elastic traces and the madness of extreme terror. Its voice was thin, needle-sharp, and insistent. The three boys rushed forward. Jack drew his knife again with a flourish. He raised his arm in the air. There came a pause, a hiatus. The pig continued to scream and the creepers to jerk, and the blade continued to flash at the end of a bony arm. The pause was only long enough for them to understand what an enormity the downward stroke would be. And then the piglet tore loose from the creepers and scurried into the undergrowth. They were left looking at each other and the place of terror. Jack's face was white under the freckles. He noticed he still held the knife aloft and brought his arm down, replacing the blade in the sheath. And then they all three laughed, ashamedly, and began to climb back to the track. I was choosing a place, said Jack. I was just waiting for a moment to decide where to stab him. You should stick a pig, said Ralph fiercely. They always talk about sticking a pig. You cut a pig's throat to let the blood out, said Jack. Otherwise, you can't eat the meat. Why didn't you? They knew very well why he hadn't. Because of the enormity of the knife descending and cutting into living flesh. Because of the unbearable blood. I was going to, said Jack. He was ahead of them, but they couldn't see his face. I was choosing a place. Next time. He snatched the knife out of his sheath, slammed it into a tree trunk. Next time... There would be no mercy. He looked around fiercely, daring them to contradict. Then they broke out into the sunlight, and for a while they were busy finding and devouring food as they moved down the scar towards the platform and the meeting. Chapter 2 Fire on the Mountain By the time Ralph finished blowing the conch, the platform was crowded. There were differences between this meeting and the one held in the morning. The afternoon sun slanted in from the other side of the platform, and most of the children, feeling too late the smart of sunburn, had put their clothes on. The choir, less of a group, had discarded their cloaks. Ralph sat on a fallen trunk, his left side to the sun. On his right were most of the choir, on his left, the larger boys who hadn't known each other before the evacuation. Before him, small children squatted in the grass. Silence now. Ralph lifted the cream and pink shell to his knees, and a sudden breeze scattered light over the platform. He was uncertain whether to stand up or remain sitting. He looked sideways to his left, toward the bathing pool. Piggy was sitting near, but giving no help. Ralph cleared his throat. <clears throat> well then, and all at once he found he could talk fluently and explain what he had to say. He passed a hand through his fair hair and spoke. We're on an island. We've been on the mountaintop, seen water all round. We saw no houses, no smoke, no footprints, no boats, no people. We are on an uninhabited island with no other people on it. Jack broke in. All the same, you need an army for hunting, hunting pigs. Uh, yes, there are pigs on the island. All three of them tried to convey the sense of the pink live things struggling in the creepers. We saw squealing. It broke away before I could kill it, but next time... Jack slammed the knife into a tree and looked round challengingly. 
the meeting settled down again. So, you see, said Ralph, we need hunters to get us meat. And another thing, he lifted the shell on his knees and looked round the sun-slashed faces. There aren't any grown-ups. We shall have to look after ourselves. The meeting hummed and was silent. And another thing, we can't have everybody talking at once. We'll have to have a, a hands-up, like at school. He held the conch before his face and glanced round the mouth. Then I'll give him the conch. Conch? That's what this shell's called. I'll give the conch to the next person to speak, and he can hold it while speaking. But look, and he won't be interrupted except by me. <coughs> Jack was on his feet. We'll have rules, he cried excitedly. Lots of rules. Then when anyone breaks them, wee-o, wake-o, bong, doink. Ralph felt the conch lifted from his lap. <clears throat> then Piggy was standing, cradling the great cream shell, and the shouting died down. Jack, left on his feet, looked uncertainly at Ralph, who smiled and patted the log. Jack sat down. Piggy took off his glasses and blinked at the assembly while he wiped them on his shirt. You're hindering Ralph. You're not letting him get to the most important thing. He paused effectively. Who knows we're here, huh? They knew at the airport. The man with the trumpet thing. My dad. Piggy put on his glasses. Nobody knows where we are, said Piggy. He was paler than before and breathless. Perhaps they knew where we were going to, and perhaps not. But they don't know where we are, because we never got there. He gaped at them for a moment, then swayed and sat down. Ralph took the conch from his hands. That's what I was going to say, he went on. When you all, all... He gazed at their intent faces. The plane was shot down in flames. Nobody knows where we are. We may be here a very long time. The silence was so complete, they could hear the unevenness of Piggy's breathing. The sun slanted in lay golden over half the platform. The breezes on that lagoon had chased their tails like kittens were finding their way across the platform and into the forest. Ralph pushed back the tangle of fair hair and hung on his forehead. So we may be here a long time. Nobody said anything. He grinned suddenly. But this is a good island. We, Jack, Simon, and me, we, we climb to the mountain. It's wizard. There's food and drink and rocks, blue flowers. Piggy, partly recovered, pointed to the conch in Ralph's hands, and Jack and Simon fell silent. Ralph went on. While we're waiting, we can have a good time on this island. He gesticulated widely. It's like in a book. At once there was a clamor. Treasure Island. Swallows and Amazons. Coral Island. Ralph waved the conch. This is our island. It's a good island. Until the grown-ups come to fetch us, we'll have fun. Jack held out his hand for the conch. There's pigs, he said. There's food, bathing water in that little stream along there, and everything. Did, did anyone find anything else? He handed the conch back to Ralph and sat down. Apparently, nobody had found anything. The older boys first noticed the child when he resisted. There was a little group of boys urging him forward, and he didn't want to go. 
He was a shrimp of a boy, about six years old. One side of his face was blotted out by a mulberry-colored birthmark. He stood now, warped out of the perpendicular by the fierce light of publicity, and he bored into the coarse grass with one toe. He was muttering and about to cry. The other little boys, whispered but serious, pushed him towards Ralph. All right, said Ralph. Come on, then. The small boy looked around in panic. Speak up. The small boy held out his hands for the conch. The assembly shouted with laughter. At once he snatched back his hands and started to cry. Let him have the conch, shouted Piggy. Let him have it. At last, Ralph induced him to hold the shell, but by then the blow of laughter had taken away the child's voice. Piggy knelt by him, one hand on the great shell, listening and interpreting to the assembly. He wants to know what we're going to do about the snake thing. Ralph laughed. The other boys laughed with him. The small boy twisted further into himself. Tell us about the snake thing. Now he says it was a beastie. Beastie? The, the snake thing. Ever so big. He saw it. Where? In the woods. Either the wandering breezes or perhaps the decline of the sun allowed a little coolness to lie under the trees. The boys felt it and stirred restlessly. You couldn't have a beastie, a snake thing, on an island this size, Ralph explained kindly. You only get them in big countries like Africa or India. Murmur and the grave nodding of heads. He says the beastie came in the dark. Then he could see it. Laughter, cheers. Did you hear that? Says he thought, saw the thing in the dark. He still says he saw the beastie. It came and went away again and came back and wanted to eat him. He was dreaming. Laughing, Ralph looked for confirmation around the ring of faces. The older boys agreed, but here and there, among the little ones, there was the doubt that required more than rational assurance. He must have had a nightmare, stumbling around among all those creepers. More grave nodding they knew about nightmares. He says he saw the beastie, the, the snake thing, and will it come back tonight? But there isn't a beastie. He says in the morning it turned into them things like ropes in the trees and hung in the branches. He says it'll come back tonight. But there isn't a beastie. There was no laughter at all now and more grave watching. Ralph pushed both hands through his hair, looked at the boy in mixed amusement and exasperation. Jack seized the conch. Ralph's right, of course. There isn't a snake thing. But if there was a snake, we'd hunt it and kill it. We're going to hunt pigs to get meat for everybody. And we'll look for the snake, too. But there isn't a snake. We'll make sure when we go hunting. Ralph was annoyed and, for the moment, defeated. He felt himself facing something ungraspable. The eyes that looked so intently at him were without humor. But there isn't a beast. Something he hadn't known was there rose in him and compelled him to make the point loudly and again. But I tell you, there isn't a beast. The assembly was silent. Ralph lifted the conch again 
and his good humor came back as he thought of what he had to say next. Now, we come to the most important thing. I've been thinking. I was thinking while we were climbing the mountain that he flashed a conspiratorial grin to the other two. And on the beach just now, this is what I thought. We want to have fun and we want to be rescued. The passionate noise of agreement from the assembly hit him like a wave and he lost his thread. He thought again. We want to be rescued, and of course, we shall be rescued. Voices babbled, the simple statement unbacked by any proof but the weight of Ralph's new authority brought light and happiness. He had to wave the conch before he could make them hear him. My father's in the Navy. He said there aren't any unknown islands left. He says the Queen has a big room full of maps and all the islands in the world are drawn there. So the Queen's got a picture of this island. And again came the sounds of cheerfulness and better heart. Sooner or later, a ship will put in here. Might even be Daddy's ship. So you see, sooner or later, we will be rescued. He paused with the point made. The assembly was lifting towards safety by his words. They liked and now respected him. Spontaneously, they began to clap. Presently, the platform was loud with applause. Ralph flushed, looked sideways at Piggy's open admiration, and then the other way at Jack, who was smirking and showing that he too knew how to clap. And that's where we'll leave it for tonight. We'll pick it up again tomorrow and continue on with Chapter 2 of Lord of the Flies. Hey, please don't forget to give us a like, uh, follow over there. It's the little green button there. Please uh, hit that. It's free for you. Helps the show out a lot. Really, really appreciate that. Thank you. And, of course, all of our great sponsors, Blackout Coffee, NordVPN, Skillshare. You'll find the links and the special deals down there in our show notes. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I will see you again tomorrow. Right.